Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! At the gala of the royals, they will meet their rarity. They will see I'm just as regal at the gala. They will find him, my Prince Charming, and how gallant he will be. He will treat me like a lady tonight at the gala. Episode forty-five. That's right. We're uh, we're uh, down a mic, but that it might sound better that way. At least we won't have screwed it up. <laughs> less things means less things for us to screw up. I actually figured out uh, what we were doing wrong, and then uh, I was going to test it out, and then another mic didn't show up. Yeah, that didn't sh- just didn't show up. <laughs> well, what's going on, buddy? You going to a gala here? I'm going to a gala tonight <laughs> down in. Um, do you have to call it a gala? Or is I, it just a screening? It's, I don't know. They call it a gala. I'm going with what they call. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm not wearing formal attire. I was a little nervous. Um, it's not black tie? No. It's not that kind of gala. <laughs> um, going to a gala for the disaster artist. What's that? It is the new James Franco movie where it's about about the room. About the movie The Room. I think we've talked about The Room on the podcast yeah, before. But The Room is... Uh, I know you're dying to see this movie. Is this probably the movie you're most looking forward to this year, you think? Of what's uh, coming up? Uh, I mean, outside... Are you are you most excited for Star Wars? There's four, I guess, Disaster Artists, Star Wars. Uh, I'm looking forward to Justice League. It's coming out next week. No, you're Even not. it's going to be terrible. Why are you looking forward to And then I want to see that... Uh, which we'll talk about a little bit, the Three Billboards movie. Yeah, I do too. I was actually going to go see that this weekend. Uh, but then I realized I'd seen like four movies this week and I don't need to go with the movies every night. Anymore. I know. You have to like save... Your, when you get your... Uh, your uh, Screeners? DVDs, you're not going to have... You're gonna, you're gonna but that's what happens every year. You go see them all ahead of time and then you're like, oh, I've already seen this. But then you just give it to your family members and everybody's happy. Um... But yeah, so we're going to see the, the the disaster artist tonight, and um, then there's a little after party over at the Roosevelt. This is the uh, time of the year where we get a bunch of Q and A screenings. With the uh, we're going to talk about a couple of those today that we went to this week. Yep. Um, that we get into and uh, get to see stuff before they come out. Is there any screening that you remember that you've gone to that? It's more memorable than any others. Like that, you're like, wow, I can't believe I saw that. Well, I thought the um, the one that was uh, once where they like actually performed that was great. Was really good. that was great. We did that one. Um, I did Jack Nicholson once for it was for um, the bucket list. So it wasn't even like that great, but it was just still it was Jack Nicholson. Um, I was trying to think of like. One of my favorite, seeing Wolf of Wall Street, I went, like, when I went to see Wolf of Wall Street, it was the first ever screening of it, so, like, the actors came and watched it, 
and it was like DiCaprio and it was Favreau and it was Jonah Hill and like every, like all of them um, and then did the Q&A after and that was that's one of my favorites because I love that movie yeah that was um, cool. I'm trying to think of something else like just if there's anything that stands out that one's one was pretty good that's a good call I know I went to uh, it wasn't like a screener I actually had to pay five bucks for it but I went to see uh, the anniversary of um, uh, All the President's Men oh with uh, Robert Redford talking afterwards oh that's cool and that was and he talked for like 45 minutes to an hour and you could like listen to that guy talk you know for a long time. Yeah, that's great. So they used to do these these movies, these AFI movies. Uh, they, I guess they don't do it anymore. Where they would, every year they'd put out like 10 movies with like the actors. Yeah, a night at the movies. And then the movies where they'd have the actor come either introduce it or do a Q&A after. Um, and it was all in one night at one location. So you had to like choose... You had to choose which one you wanted to go to, and there would be like ten. And we were all fighting over it. We'd all go out and buy tickets. Our own. Because nobody would be like, hey, what's the one we all want to see the most? I remember I saw South. I picked Silence of the Lambs one year. And who was it? Who introduced it? Uh, Jody Foster. Okay. And then I think I did Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood. You did do Unforgiven, because you, you did Unforgiven that year. I did uh, The Jerk with Steve Martin. <laughs> Yeah, and there was they, like, we were arguing over what would be a bigger one to see. That was a really fun thing that they did because you yeah. got to see all the people, and it was like a it was like a big event. Yeah, it was like you're celebrating some of their favorite movies, and then the year after that, they stopped doing it. They did like a Jerry Bruckheimer night. Do you remember that? No. Okay, so they did Jerry Bruckheimer, all of his movies, and they were all playing the same night. And I did Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy, and he brought up. Rosewood and Taggart. <laughs> they were in the audience, and he brought him up and introduced him. That was a cool one. I can't imagine Eddie Murphy like doing a Q and A now because he's so yeah. But it, it wasn't a Q and A; it was just him introducing right. it, like standing there and being like, "Hey, da da da." And we used to have that discussion, like, "What would be your number one?" Yeah. I mean, it's you know maybe that's a discussion for another time, but. I think the consensus is generally the Godfather with either Al Pacino or Francis Ford Coppola, probably. Um, but it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be your personal favorite. I just think that's one that everybody would agree that they'd like to see. Uh, anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a report on the disaster artist. I know we're real I'm going to see it tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like we'll be talking about the disaster yeah, artist I next episode. I got a screening of it episode. tomorrow. So, okay. With Franco and uh, Rogan, Seth Rogan talking about oh, it. Oh, nice. Afterwards. Okay. So, I'm not going to a gala, but I'm going to see it. <laughs> but you're going to get a Q&A. It's almost better to have, unless they're you pro- can... No, they're going to, they'll probably talk. They'll be at the gala. No, they're going to talk afterwards. I don't know. I think people just want to go up and go drink and talk about, you know... I have a feeling they're going to have a Q&A afterwards. So the last time I went to one, well, whatever, I'm not going to get into it. But the last time I went into one of these, I ran into a guy I knew who's, like, super successful now. I'm kind of been, like, hoping to run into him because he's got an interesting story. He, so he's uh, one of the directors fired from um, Han Solo. Oh. And uh, I'd really like to run into him. And I, like, was practicing in the shower if I did, like, how I wouldn't bring up 
that he got fired from that movie because he probably would see somebody like me, somebody he just like barely knows. He's like, oh, it's my wife's friend. Great. He's going to ask me about Han Solo. Yeah. You know, I want to pleasantly surprise him and just be like, so how's everything going with you to his wife? Yeah. Oh, I forgot you were directing or not directing the movie. So anyway. Um... But um, let's talk about some some stuff, though. So, do you have any notes? Uh, my notes. Okay. Are you serious? You don't know about this? Have you not noticed when people email you or they post something on Facebook that instead of the letter I, an exclamation mark and a group of bars show up? No. Here you go. See, reunited, and that's what comes up in some oh, yeah. letter. Oh yeah, you I. know, I, I have noticed that, but I didn't really pick up on it. So. I don't think I have it, and I'm, like, curiously, like, jealous of people that have it, even though it's a gigantic pain in the ass for them. But I'm like, well, why doesn't mine screw up? <laughs> why are things fixed? Screw I don't up. know. But it's insane. It must be really frustrating if you have it. Um, it's something to do with you the You use I a lot when, yeah. you, when you talk. You know, it's... Re- Listen, hopefully it's taught a couple people some lessons on, on you know being more open to hearing what other people have to say rather than just talking about yourself the whole time. But I found myself strangely, um, you know, curious uh, as to why I don't have this problem. And um, it was like when I grew up and I didn't get braces and all my friends got braces. And I was like, I wish I had braces. It's like, no, you don't. You really don't wish you had this problem. But um, I had huge buck teeth. Oh, you did? Yeah. So you had braces? I had braces, yeah. And it's like, you don't want braces, but I was like, no, man, everybody looks, everyone's got braces, it's cool. But it wasn't cool. No. Um, you get a lot of stuff stuck in your teeth. And so that's what I feel like this eye is like. Like, I feel like I'm missing out on something All by right. not having to deal with the problem of, so obviously you and I have no problem typing the letter I. I haven't noticed. Okay. If someone on the other end of my text messages feels like my eye's messed up, let me know. Okay. Uh, so that's my first note. My second note... Is, um, did you hear about OJ? Getting wasted and breaking a glass or something? Yeah, so he got kicked out, banned from Cosmo. Nice job. Shouldn't that guy be banned from a lot of places? (laughs) (laughs) What's he doing? Hey, I mean, I guess if you got out of jail, you go to a party in Vegas. Yeah, he's been in jail for a long time. Might as well, like... I know, but, but, I mean, look, obviously self-awareness is not his strong suit, but... I think you want to lay low. Go find some private, you know, somewhere else to go do your business. I think it's like, I don't know what his parole things are, but I think like they were saying that stuff that he was doing was against what his parole was. Drinking? I'm sure you can drink. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can't like get into bar fights. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the thing is you got to think everywhere you go, people are going to be, are going to be looking to, to to say some shit to you that you're probably not going to be interested in. Uh, so just stay away, OJ. I'm yeah. sure he's a big fan of the podcast. Um, <laughs> he listens. My third note is about the Gail Godot thing. Where she said she wouldn't be in Wonder Woman if, uh, Brett Natner was one of the producers. Yeah. What do you think of that? It's pretty good. It's throwing some weight around right there. Yeah. Um... Strong Israeli woman. Is there any, is there any way she loses that? No. Like, is there any way they're like, no, <laughs> no, Wonder Woman, um, Brett Ratner is the producer here, and that's final. 
And yeah. she's like, all right, well, find yourself a new Wonder Woman. And they, there's just no way, right? Right. Yeah, no. So it's moving But forward. there's also, like, a whole thing with Louis C.K. where he's got his hands in all these shows. He's got The Better Things. He's got One Mississippi, which is the Tig Notaro show. Right. And he's got some animated show where they, like, basically banned him for being producer. But also, he's, like, creator of it. So how do you navigate around that? Yeah. He seems like he just wants to go away really Yeah, I'm quick. sure he's going to, yeah. like, sign whatever he needs to sign to relinquish um, his... Uh, does he, does he come back from this? Do we see here from him again? It's going to be a while, but yeah, I think he comes back. He'll I do too. Him. You think Kevin Spacey, no way, right? No, Kevin Spacey's done. That's what I think too, okay. Um, Brett Ratner. Um, definitely not Weinstein. No, definitely not Weinstein. I think Brett Ratner... But he hasn't really been... If he was more relevant, I think we'd hear yeah. him again, but he hasn't been very relevant. So now he, I he think pro- he has a production away. company that produces a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to say probably. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to go through all of them because yeah. whatever, but those are just the first couple that come to mind. We're going to be hearing a lot of people like, it's just the floodgates are open. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last thing uh, my note was, um, so... One of the subjects I wanted to talk about today that you didn't want to talk about, and I want to know why, is the latest 30 for 30, the Ric Flair one. I didn't say I didn't want to talk about it. You said, I wrote, I sent that to you as a potential subject, and you nixed it from the final agenda. We can talk about it. Well, what did you think of it? I thought it was really good. I liked the, uh, I liked, I think we talked about it, I don't know if we talked about it at all, did we? No. Um, but uh, when he was talking about how he drank 10 beers and five oh, you did, drinks a Yeah, day. you did tell me that. Or somebody just mentioned that to me, yeah. On his flight to... Well, no. he For 20 years, oh. every day, he drank 20 or 10 beers and five mixed drinks a day. Um, and was, a, like, fine. Like, he was never belligerent, supposedly. He's like a functioning alcoholic. He would like basically just get into wrestling and as soon as like being wasted. Yeah. Um, and then the whole thing where he took the flight to Japan, got wasted, yeah. then took the flight back to Japan, wasted and wrestled each day in between. Yeah. Like that's insane. Um, but uh, okay. I thought you didn't want to talk about it because I sent it as a possible. I liked when. Um, I, didn't, I didn't plan much except uh, to just be like. Why didn't you want to talk about it? I liked when Hulk Hogan like was asked, like, hey, so, you know, were you better than him or was he better than him? He goes, well, hands down. He's like, I only had, like, three moves. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, Hulk's like, I had three things I would do. And then that was it. He's like, he would, uh, he schooled me. But they never got to fight, did they? Or they finally did, like, really late in Yeah, life. but it was, like, really late. It was, like, uh, that was part of the thing. Did you not watch the whole thing? I did watch the whole thing. Because they get into that. Okay. Well, they were supposed to be in WrestleMania, and then they split them up. Right. And then, I think, so it was really later. Um, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, don't, I wasn't a huge wrestling fan ever, really. I mean, other than when I was a little kid. So. I was, but I was WWF. Like, I never watched WCW. Well, wait a second. 
Because the only thing that ever got me back in wrestling at all was when we were all living together in college, and we all liked Goldberg. But he was in WWF. Well, that was... I think that was just a moment in time that we got back into wrestling. Yeah, okay. And then you guys all went with the face paint. I was going to post that picture. Oh, yeah. We uh, <laughs> we went. We face painted. I went to a couple of those things. There was one uh, that we went to where we were waiting for Goldberg to come out. And uh, finally, he like all the music came up and the explosions and all this stuff. And it was a fake Goldberg guy that came out. <laughs> Is Goldberg your all-time favorite? Ultimate Warrior was probably my favorite. Okay. But uh, Goldberg was definitely in the running, yeah. I'd like to go through and... and like, I, I was always a big um, junkyard dog fan when I was like a kid. But I'm pretty sure he's not any as memorable as yeah. I uh, had you know, hoped he would Superfly be. Superfly Snooker? Yeah, but Snooker's like a little before our time. Like, we were just starting to get into wrestling. And he was kind of like on his downslope. But you knew about him. Um... I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but uh, Older Warrior is a good call. Um, he had that move where he just like lifted someone and then dropped them, and that like they were dead after there. <laughs> There's a few guys I liked that were like I I always liked. Um, well, Macho Man, uh, you know. Um, there, do you, I don't know. I'm not gonna get it. We'll do wrestling some other time. But those are my notes. I, I thought the Thirty for Thirty was good as well. I would recommend it. Again, ESPN, their 30 for 30s are like the last two or three years have been really good subjects that they don't, that they just tell very um, plainly. Like, there's nothing yeah. new to it. It's like, here's a guy, he's going to sit down, he's going to tell us about it, we're going to show the clips, go through the life, done. There's no angle. Yeah. You know, there's nothing interestingly different about any of these. But the subjects are good enough that it carries them. Um, HBO is doing a thing with Bill Simmons uh, for Andre the Giant. That thing uh, I'm excited for because that'll go different places. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know. But uh, those are my notes. All right. So my notes. You're welcome, audience. (laughs) My notes are a couple news items on here. uh, But I wanted to bring up that I heard that, you know, the dark universe that started with the mummy. Yeah. I heard that that's no longer a thing now. Shocking. They got rid of it. Shocking. No Bride of Frankenstein, no Invisible Man, no Creature from the Black Lagoon, done. Wow. Uh, they invested a lot of money in this. I, that, that was my question. They like, hired a bunch of people. I mean, I think they probably paid them payer plays um, to be in it. Um, so the whole thing's done just based off of the failure of the money. Well, the, also the producers are like going to do different things. So, I don't know. I that was interesting. interesting. Are you mad that there's not going to be a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie with uh, well, Russell Crowe? Well, he, he, he wasn't getting his own. He was going to be in all of them. Oh, okay. He was going to be the constant. You know, I don't want to ever root against things. And, you know, I want everyone to go to the movies and see movies so we can continue to, like, work and shit. But I don't mind a couple of these franchises not, <laughs> you know. So we have to start thinking a little bit more outside the box. As a, I would have been industry. interested in Angelina Jolie as Bride of Frankenstein. I don't know. But, uh, all right, so two news things that I saw that were interesting. So in Arizona, Walmart guy, this guy got paid, won a lawsuit, $7.5 million because he was picking up a watermelon and then hooked his foot on the um, on the pallet. 
and yanked real hard, and it broke his hip. So he won $7.5 million. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know the details. There's no way that that's, he's getting all that. I don't know what... He's yeah. going to appeal or whatever. How does that happen? I don't know. All right. Um, I read this whole story about, and I wanted to get your take on arranged marriages. You know, I think, um, what's the movie? The Big Sick had uh, the whole storyline where they wanted to, you know, arrange marriage in like 2017. And most, you know, it's 2017. Most of these people like don't want to be arranged. They don't want to marry their cousins or whatever. Um, so in Pakistan, this 21-year-old girl didn't want to marry um, who they arranged um, because she had a boyfriend. So she decided to plot against it by um, working with her, her boyfriend to kill her husband. And what she did was she put rat poison in um, the milk in the fridge, hoping that he would, like, drink it. Sorry, the story this, is going to yeah, go... This doesn't seem like it's going to yeah. go the right way. So in the morning, the mother, the, boy, the husband's mother, took the milk... And made some sort of, like, yogurt drink with it. And gave it to her family. 27 people drank it. 17 people died, including 8 children. Oh, my God. Um, That's horrible. This isn't that kind of podcast. I'm just saying. And then, so, you know, people are going to extremes to get out of this dated... Um, thing where people have to like get arranged for their marriage. I don't know. Um, there was a, that documentary that won in the Oscars uh, last year um, called "The Girl in the River." It was about that how like she didn't want to marry the person that they wanted to marry, so they like her uncle and father like shot her and threw her in the river. She survived and like went into hiding and like had to have all this reconstructive surgery on her face and all this stuff. So. I don't know. Where do you where do you uh, lie on the uh, 2017 arranged marriages? I I don't I don't yeah. live at a place where it's a thing. So <laughs> you don't have a comment about it. Well, it's hard to comment because I don't live in that world. So like I can tell you, I think it's silly, but I don't. You know, I mean, I wasn't raised with those traditions, and I don't feel it's my place to tell. And I'm not even just being correct, like politically correct. I just really feel uncomfortable telling other people, "Hey, your tradition's stupid. You should do this." Um, but right. as far as I'm concerned, and where I live, that would be really stupid. Actually, look, we're, we're, we're two guys sitting here on the radio who probably could could benefit from an arranged marriage. Actually, maybe actually, <laughs> I, I might need an arranged marriage. Like, I'm you sure know, there's a website where I can do an arranged. I'm marriage I'm thinking, stuff. you know, listen. Like, we're <laughs> we're not too far from that being about the only option for the two of us. So <laughs> let's not let's not uh, knock it till you try it. I guess. Um. So I guess that kind of moves into uh, this whole UCLA China debacle, um, where the basketball team was over there about to play a game and then they ended up stealing from some I guess like the hotel has like 
shops. Yeah, it was like a Louis Vuitton shop, right? Yeah, and they stole a bunch of sunglasses and stuff, and they've got them on video. And now these kids are, like, stuck in China while they're going through the legal system and could be under house arrest. And I heard that they're banned from the uh, the country. Wow. Well, um, if that's the least of their punishment, then I guess they're getting off lucky, right? Like, because it's like a pretty big crime to do that there, isn't it? From Dude, what I've read. There's like, you don't want to go to a place, another country, and steal and stuff. It's just, they have different laws. Yeah, what was that movie? Uh, Midnight Express. No, I was going to say the one with um, Paradise Lost. Oh, not no, Paradise uh, Lost. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, with Vince Vaughn. It was Vince Vaughn and Joaquin Phoenix and Anne Hache and Jada Pickett-Smith. Like, it's the whole reason that Joaquin Phoenix gets Return like, to Paradise. Return to Paradise. That's Something right. Something like that. I remember I loved that movie when we saw it. I mean, I'm sure it's probably a little weird now, but like, yeah, you don't want to get that's ever since I ever saw that. I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong in another country. Midnight Express is uh, a disturbing. You don't want to get busted in Turkey with hash. Yeah, I'm just saying that. It's always about hash. <laughs> More Louis Vuitton sunglasses. All right, that's all I got. Great. So I heard you caught up on some shows. We're allowed to talk about it now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the challenge just real quick. Let's get it out of the way. Wow. How pissed are you? I'm very pissed. Explain to our audience why you're pissed because we're the only two people that watch it. All right. So they did the final challenge. I got a lot of problems. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> um, finally get to the championship. We see the whole challenge final. And then they say, oh, we're not going to tell you who won because it was all timed. Like all the things were timed. So all the times add up. We're not going to tell you who won until the reunion. And so the reunion now is two weeks. So we're not going to find out for another two weeks who won. And this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And if they say dirty, this is dirty. This is not dirty. This is retarded. Because you're not being dirty to the competitors. You're being dirty to your audience. Also, I thought Derek should have been a disqualified. Why? So there were two of things that he had to do where he just, like, stepped back and let the other person Yes. Do like, I'm sorry. You should not get that time if you're yeah. not going to help. You're right. Um, you're right. Um, and he's been pretty waste, uh, useless this entire thing. Like, even the puzzles. He doesn't do the, you know. He no, watches he just stands back. And he's, or he's cheated off of somebody else. Which, hey, listen, everybody's done it. It's fine. But, but yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't add much. I mean, there's no way that... Um, what's his face? Uh, Jordan didn't win this. There's just no way. I'd be shocked. Because he won like every time trial. Okay. Well, he got the five minutes. That's the thing. It's like the final thing that they had to do where they were on those sleds getting pulled and then they had to run on the, uh, in the ice, or not the salt, uh, salt desert. They didn't really show you how long the thing was. True. So you didn't really understand like how long they had to run. And that thing, why didn't it start zigzagging or something, like, to try to get people off? Like, it, no one would have felt fallen off that thing. Yeah, I know. It was it just, just going in a cool. straight line. It just looked cool. That's the whole thing. It was going in but, a straight line. But the finals, like, the women's kind of up for grabs, I still feel like. I think Tori won. I think she won, too. But um, I'm, it, you, you could make a case for... Her or Camilla, maybe, maybe Cara Maria. The only reason I don't think it's Camilla is because she's not showing up to the, to the, uh... 
Well, we, don't, we don't really know if it's you, you keep bringing this up every week on the show, and so let's just let that play out. But okay. Okay. Um, all right, so moving past that onto real scripted television shows. Okay. So what do you want to go? What do you want to get into? These are so I guess things. we'll get back when we find out what uh, who won, and then yeah. we'll discuss. Great. I'm sure people love it. Yeah. Um, all right. So you. But start- I, I am looking for the reunion shows. I love them, even though you don't like them. I think they're the best. All right. Because well, you can see who's like who really sucks. Because people play it for the camera, but when they're like in the moment and they're arguing with each other, you can see who's like a real jerk and who isn't. All right. So we'll let you know. All right. So I heard you binge watch Stranger Things. Who'd you hear that from me? Oh yeah, because yeah. like, I told you. Uh, yeah, I did. So, what were your uh, thoughts on Stranger Things so, season two? Um, so, from we're just going to talk about it openly. It's been what three weeks? It's been out two weeks. Most people have seen it. So, episode seven is obviously the big thing that people want to talk about, right? Which one's episode seven? The one, the one where she goes to Chicago. She joins the gang in Chicago. Yeah, that was the worst. Like we had so much momentum built up to that point. Well. The, that was what I was saying before. Is like they totally destroyed the eleven character in the whole season because she doesn't even show up till the end. We mean, yeah, she doesn't join the group. We want her to be part of the group, but she did. But they, so they threw another girl in there instead to kind of give us our eleven fix. Did I ruin it by telling you that the redhead kissed uh, kissed the kid at the dance at the end? Yeah, I knew it. I uh, I was I brought it up like five times before it happened. But I didn't remember that you told me. I just knew that I knew. So you said she was upset that she had to kiss the kid? No, the producers made her kiss it, and she, didn't, she kissed him, and she didn't want to do it. So it was like kind of like toeing the line with what's going on right now. Yeah, interesting. Um, but uh, overall, it was fine. I'm not a huge Stranger Things fan, so I'm not going to be terribly disappointed, and I'm, you know, it was certainly didn't win me over that season to make me think it's. Why can't we get a fight between this monster that they kept showing at the end? All it was was like, well, this is a spoiler. Skip it <laughs> to thirty seconds. All it was was shutting the gate. That was all they had to do. But what fight? Who's going to fight him? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what well, are you going to do? That kid, I thought that the kid who was, like, actually, like, um, possessed by him or part of the... Will? The, yeah. I thought Will was going to uh, have some sort of inner battle with him. No, something. that kid's such a pussy. Like, sorry, but that kid is. He's, like, he's got the worst character of the show. <laughs> For two years, he just keeps, like, like faint, you know? I mean, he's, like, ah, you know, like, feeble... Taken over by this monster. He's got the worst character. I feel bad for the kid. And then at the end, at the big dance, because that's all I can think about is this last episode with the big dance. He gets stuck with some random girl we've never seen before. You know? Yeah. Like, it's such a throwaway that he gets asked, you know? But I did actually really like that scene. It was... They stole a lot of elements from of, Wonder Years. Of, uh, oh, from Wonder Years. It was, it was, it was, there was some Wonder Years stuff in it. Okay, but I liked I liked um, the kinship with the kid and Steve. You know, he's got the hair. Yeah. You know, that was cool. I liked that little. Yeah, I yeah that, that was a good thing. thing. Dustin. Dustin and Steve. Um, although it was think? weird that, that Steve dropped Dustin off at the dance. That was weird. Like, why would he just be hanging with him? 
Yeah. No, he was helping him fix his hair. I know, but... And he drove him to the dance, like... Yeah, that was a little much. They're not related. You know, if <laughs> if you were a 13-year-old kid and some 17-year-old kid came to pick you up in his Camaro to drive you to a dance, your parents might be a little worried. Just saying. That's kind of weird. Um, but... Uh, now that you put it that way. Yeah. So, um, did we talk last week about... Also, the the sister... Yeah. She's the worst. Why? I don't know. I don't like her. She's just like... You say she's the worst, but you have no, you just don't like her. You don't have a reason. I just don't like her character. I don't like that whole scene in the bathroom where she was wasted and she just like calls him out and then like that changes the whole outlook on everything. And she doesn't remember it. Yeah, she conveniently forgot it all. Yeah. And that just went away. Like, I'd be pissed if I, you know... Look, Steve's not a bad guy after all. It's two years in a row we've learned this. <laughs> True. Um, what's, uh, what else? What did you think about the whole Demodog thing? Where he kept the little monster thing? Yeah. Why wouldn't he tell the kids? What do you mean, why wouldn't he tell the kids? Why wouldn't he just, like, tell them that he had it? Who, wait, Dustin keeping it in his backpack? That, uh, the or little... kept it in his house and not telling them? He did tell them. No, they didn't know he had it. When he, like in episode three, it gets loose in the school. And they're yeah, all looking for but it. But then he like takes it with him and they thought that he wasn't, oh. he got rid of it, but it actually ate his cat. Yeah, that was messed up when it <laughs> ate his cat. You knew that was, something like that was coming. Uh, I like that scene too when he like asks uh, Steve to like help him like go down into the basement and take care of him. And like, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, trust me, you're going to need this. Yeah. Bring your bat or whatever. And then the other thing that was cool, uh, you know, what scene I really liked was, uh, spoiler alert, fast forward 30 seconds, was uh, Sean Astin's death. That was great. Yeah, that was good. Uh, he's uh, he's gained a few pounds. Yeah, but his character, yeah, but his character is perfect for this. Like, that was great. Yeah, he was a good guy. It's like a good, like, good addition. Like, you weren't sure about him because he's a little too, like, of a good guy, but at the same time, like... He's Sean Astin, and he's like the head Goonie, and this is a lot like Goonie. Like you know, what I mean, just good, yeah. good job by everybody around for putting him in. I thought that was good. Um, um, but I don't know. You know, the interesting thing is, if do you, what do you know about um, what do you know about the origin of this story? Do you know about the Montauk Project? No. You're from that area, yeah, but I don't know the origin of the story now. So apparently, in Montauk, Long Island. Around the same time, there was something called Camp Hero, where they were, like, doing psychological, like, to test psychological warfare, they were doing, like, experiments on kids and stuff. And the story is supposed to be very similar to what this has come from. And they've never said that they directly took this from that. Um, but it's, there's a lot of similar things. And I think the... So there, an up, so there is an upside-down world. Well, apparently the monster is somebody that was um, that was well, the person running the test created this monster as a character to scare people, you know, to scare them or whatever. But uh, I just wondered if you grew up with any of that at all. No, no. Well, maybe I was part of the experiment. I didn't know. My parents didn't tell me. I like that whole scene. Eleven should feel so lucky to turn out like you. <laughs> I like that whole scene where they uh, put the. Uh, 
the, all the map stuff all over the house. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. And I liked that the monster was, like, like using Will to lie to everybody. Yeah, like, that he was, like, a spy. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. That was good. Um, but, um, you know, overall, Stranger Things, it's like, I get the hype. I don't get things, and I was going to ask, we talked about this last week, where... Okay, so remember last... No, last week we talked about the model that said that when fucking Finn, who plays Mike, when yeah. he turns 18 to call him. Well, this week, that kid... Did you hear what happened where, like, yeah. he came out of a, a, an interview or whatever, and, like, all these screaming adult fans were, like, asking for his autograph, and he, like, didn't sign autographs, just got in his car and left. And they all, like, went on his Twitter and, like, bashed him. And they're like, you think you're so cool, like... You can't even stop and sign your fans. Dude, the kid has stuff to do. He's a kid. They're like, what? Could you imagine if a bunch of like, and it's like all adults, a bunch of grown ass adults, yeah. like he's got to go to bed. It's past his bedtime. Like right? complaining that like they're picking on this kid for not stopping to talk to them because they want this kid's autograph. The kid wants to play video games. It. The kid just who? First of all, if you're his parent, like, could you imagine like in a normal world, you had a kid. And all these adults wanted to always hang out with your kid and or just like get his autograph or something. As a parent, you'd be like, what is wrong with you people? And yeah, then they right. started attacking you for it. Anyway, this kid Finn, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's going through some traumatic experiences in the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah. He's been in a couple of big hit things. So uh, I didn't spend a time with that episode seven with the gang. Worst gang ever. First of all, the guy with the spiky hair, like, come on. Um, the guy was terrible. Yeah. He was a terrible character. Um, make, let's make sure that every, every, you know, it's like very obvious when you're casting and you're making this, like, we're going to make sure that every group is represented. There's going to be all these different kinds of characters we want to show from this time period. And look, I get it. I read an interview with them where they were like, I we understand everybody hates this episode. But like it was like really fun for us to like write something different for once, and well, like do another show. different people. I know, but yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. I'm just saying, like I can see trying to to get out from the same old thing because how they're going to do a season. I mean, they're obviously doing season three, but like what more can happen with this thing? You know? Yeah. I mean, until someone can fight some, uh, they're going to bring his, her sister back, and then have like a big battle with the monsters. I don't know. So, um, overall, Stranger Things, you know, I guess it lived up to my own personal expectations, but I didn't have very high ones, and okay. it didn't exceed them. And, and uh, what about you? I wasn't impressed with this season. No? Way bet, way worse than the first? Yeah, it was a lot worse than the first. Okay. See, I, I think it's just right on par with it. But I did like the whole scene where they were trapped in the... Um, the office building and they were trying to escape those monsters and uh, they were being guided or Sean Austin was being guided to get out and like he dropped the the broom in yeah that was yeah that was good that was good yeah it was a good it was a good episode um alright so what's the other you caught up on Mr. Robot caught up on Mr. Robot I would tell the audience what's going on but as usual I don't know uh what did you think of this last episode 
Um, I really like to let me pull it up because I want to remember. It was like the whole. It was acting like it was one shot, but it wasn't one shot. Oh yes, that's right. Where all the people storm. storm. So it, this is a really good episode. It was a really good episode of television. This last one. Yeah, it was really good. But why? Why would um, Bobby Carnavale like think that he could find? In all the chaos that was happening, that they, she could just find Elliot and like bring him upstairs to like to do what she needed to do. There's so much shit going on. People were getting killed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of because that's her one job with them, right? Right. But he wasn't even there. Right. I know, but that's because she fired him. Well, uh, they they knew they they told him to fire him. Right. Because he was uh, rerouting all the. He was stopping all the paperwork from getting to that one building. Right. Well, this, all right. So the article I have pulled up says that that was one single shot. No, it wasn't. I saw the, the little after show. Okay, technically there was more than one single shot. Okay, yeah. All right. Do you watch the after show? Well, it was ta- like it was like five minutes of it. Okay. And Sam Esmail like said that it wasn't a shot. It's like, dude, we shot it over like days or weeks or whatever. I knew you'd love this episode because you love Portia Doubleday, and good. she was really good in this episode. She was awesome. It was a really good episode. Like, I love when like that girl like walked in on her, and you didn't know what she was going to do. Like, could she kill this girl? Yeah. Like, so I was like, if she kills her, like, we're going into another level with this. Yeah, and it's what that's what this show does really well. Right? Like, it makes you think. It doesn't. You never know what's going to. How far these characters are going to go, but you can almost guarantee they're not going to go too far because you're going to still kind of root for them. Elliot had a bad day that day. Yeah. He found out. At least he got out. That's true. No, he didn't get out. He went back in. Oh, that's right. To confront her at the end. That's the best. He's like, do you want to. You want to tell me? Yeah. That's pretty good. So, uh,. I don't really understand the whole Congo thing. It has something to do with uh, Bitcoin. They were talking about over the last couple of seasons that they would be rich if the Congo collapsed or whatever. Because I guess monetary things would shift to a different country or something. I don't know. You're talking know. about who's going to be rich. Um, what's, white, what's her name? White, white Rose. White Rose. Yeah. yeah. Um, now... Let me ask you this. So, there was a point, and I think it was in this episode, where Darlene, right, that's the name of the sister, was sitting with the with the Meryl Streep's daughter who plays the FBI agent, and she was trying to get personal with her. Was that this episode or was that yeah, last? Yeah, it was last episode. But she said to her, it's 2015. Like, just tell me what's going on with you. Does that mean that what we're watching is what took place two years ago, or is it happening now? That's definitely happening now. I don't know if it's definitely happening now. Like, that's something I'm, I've am i been struggling with with this. Like, I, you know, we start, we start, the, see, here's here's my, here, okay, let me, let me hear, hear me okay. out of this. So, we started this, this series with him working at Evil Corp, right? Yeah. And then he gets fired or whatever. Um... And this whole plan goes into place, and we learn about his life throughout that first season through him learning about his life. I'm somewhat 
and it's it's not above the show to do this. I think, and I don't think I know this, but I'm open to it that right now we're seeing everything that happened before that happens in 2015. I don't think so, because I think they're trying to do the whole Trump, the rise of Trump. Right. Because they've done that a couple times. Yeah. Where he's, he tells them that he goes, I want you to back this candidate. Right, but, but that's way before the election. It's 2016, so it's only two years ago. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like... This show doesn't take place in 2017. It takes place two years ago. Okay. All right. All right. That's what I want to know. I mean, I'm not fully believing you because this show could be doing anything to us, you know? (laughs) But that makes sense. And so this is good that we can have this dialogue and figure it out. But it's an interesting thought that maybe that's what they're doing, right? Like, that's that's something they would do. Um, But yeah, I'm very excited for the next episode. Who knows? It may go back and, like, stop the momentum. It's true, too. It's true, too. Like, the whole Tyrell. But I'm pretty sure they're going to keep it moving. I like that Tyrell episode, though. I actually went back and, like, just watched it and fast-forward to just kind of see what I... If there's anything, like, I missed with it. Because that's one of the things this show does so well is drops little clues. It's a good show. Yeah. I mean, they, it was a Connect the Dots episode to show, like, where he has been or how he got to... The end of last season. Right. Pretty much. Uh, and this is, again, another show that probably nobody that's listening to us watches. <laughs> so, All right. So let's talk about the uh, awards we'll movies. switch to movies? Yeah. We saw some award movies this week. Um, so... This is what we were talking about earlier about screenings. This is like the gala I'm going to tonight. You're going to a gala. I don't want to keep you from your gala. So these, these, these fall into that, you know, gala-type movies. <laughs> yeah, but they're like screenings that we, you know, yeah. they have the Q and A. So the first we one, a couple. To, first one we went to is Molly's game. We saw Molly's game, which is the Aaron Sorkin movie about the poker princess. Did you know about the poker princess before we went? No, I didn't either. I feel weird that I don't know that because it's right up my alley. Like I spent a lot of time on the internet reading shit like that, so I'm really surprised that I didn't know more about it. But now I really want to read the book. Yeah, and there's a few things I knew. about I knew about that I didn't realize I knew about from her story. Like when we were guessing who the characters, like this Toby Maguire being uh, this horrible poker player. Not he's a terrible player, a terrible person when he plays yeah. poker. So basically, the story was that uh, this woman runs an underground poker uh, game uh, for celebrities and athletes and rich, you know, and basically makes her living doing that. And then gets busted by the the government, who illegally takes her money. Um, what would you say, illegally or illegally? No, they can do it. There's this search and seizure yeah. rule, and that's that's something that's actually really big right now. It's going on because um, in the last couple of years, I think it was last year, it was right before Obama left, he made it illegal to take people's, or not illegal. He made it like. A lot more difficult to take people's um, items in a seizure uh, uh, when you do a search and seizure. And then it was one of the first things that, um, what's his name did, uh, Jeff Sessions did when he became, when he came into office. That was one of the first things he overturned. So that now, you, if you're just, can, like, you don't have to be convicted of a crime for them to seize your assets. 
you just need to be arrested. They can seize it. And it's supposedly very difficult to get your shit back. Well, yeah. Like, why would the government want to give you your shit back? Well, if you didn't do anything wrong, why shouldn't they give you your shit back? I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Because they're the government. They're not yeah. a business. That's why it's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So they stole like $4.5 bucks from her. They didn't steal. They seized it. They seized it. and But then said, we'd give it all back if you give up all the people that were in your poker game and all the people. Because I guess like what happened was she didn't know a couple of the people that were in her game and they were using the game as laundering. Right. Money laundering. Right. And she didn't know, and they didn't believe her, and blah, blah, blah. It's a good story. It is. It's a very good story, and it's like, and it's Aaron Sorkin, so it's told well. Yeah. Um, it's his first time directing, and I think that that was pretty obvious. Like, you know, when we got done, uh, I think you liked this movie more than I did, but I really liked it. I just thought, I've recently become more interested in aesthetically pleasing movies. I've always been like a character movie person. Like... Is like that movie would have like I would have loved it like two three years ago I'd have been like this is the best yeah. like lots of good dialogue I'm in and I mean, now Jessica Chastain was really yeah good. she's great and so now I'm I'm getting more and personally I'm getting more into camera movement and set design and things that I would have overlooked that I felt like were a little overlooked in this movie yeah um, this movie didn't feel very cinematic no it didn't feel very cinematic it's very it's a good way to put it but. Although I really liked the scenes where she was skiing, and I'm like, all right, well, if the stuff looks like this, yeah, yeah, that's had, true. it had like kind of a style when they kind of flash back to her being this Olympic skier. Yeah, it's true. Um, did you look? Did you look her up afterwards? Yeah, well, because I wanted to know. We had a we had a Q and A after this with uh, Sorkin, uh, Amy Pascal, and uh, Jessica Chastain, and they didn't want to out who was in the book. Uh, right. So I had to come back and like look all of it up. And it was Tobey Maguire was being played by uh, uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Well, I think he was a combination of a couple people yeah. probably. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but no, but yeah, did you look so, her, her, her pictures? Yeah. Cause she seems like she's like, um, she's your type. <laughs> I did. I would say. Yeah. She was, she was very attractive. Um, and I can see Aaron Sorkin was talking about how, like, when he had the, his first meeting with her, she was not, like, what he expected. Because, you know, can, a lot of people are superficial on the outside. They'll see something and don't see, like, this woman's, like, actually smart as hell and has been, like, knows what she's talking about when she's running this shit. Yeah, the thing that's, that I found interesting about that Q&A is when you see this, I guess, the Idris Alba, who was really good in it, too. He's really good. I mean, he plays a pretty likable guy, but he's good. Um, his character is a fictional character. And it's basically, he's basically playing Aaron Sorkin sitting in the office as she tells him this story. Which I think is, I love hearing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he said he had 100 meetings with her. And basically formed the character of Idris Elba around his meetings with her. Yeah, and I just think that's so cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, look, it's... I don't know if a movie like that makes money. I don't think that it does. But I don't think it's going to win awards. No, I think it'll probably get a screenplay nomination. Cause right. Because uh, yeah, the darling of yeah. uh, the Oscars. Unless, he, unless something comes out between now. Let's just go ahead and make that uh, a disclaimer on anything that we discuss from now on yeah. that has to do with this. As long as 
as long as there aren't charges brought against the, or any allegations <laughs> brought about these people, this is what we think moving forward, right? Yes. And I think Jessica Chastain will be nominated. Yeah, I think. Because, I mean, how many strong roles have there been to this point? I mean, I have, we have a list here that we'll, we'll go through some stuff. But of, yeah, of people that are going to be nominated or front runners, um, but there hasn't been too many strong female performances. Um, and what about Idris Elba? No, no, okay, no, he's no way he's nominated. Um, and the other thing we saw was um, Darkest Hour, which is the movie on Winston Churchill with Gary Oldman. They did Q and A with Gary Oldman and uh, Ben Mendelsohn after. Which Gary Oldman and those guys like basically came into the Q and A and were like giving us a history lesson. Yeah. And I was like, uh, we just watched a two-hour history lesson. We don't need another one. We're good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, it was interesting because that movie's good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a really good movie. I know, I've said this before, but I like that director a lot. Yeah, well, you, you haven't said it here, so it's okay. I like that director a lot. Tell us what else he's done. He's done Atonement. He's done, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Not... Uh, Alright. If you guys want to see something that's visually amazing, you should watch Anna Karenina, which is on Netflix, and is awesome. I don't it, think I've ever seen it's, Anna Karenina. It's uh, the subject matter you might be bored with, but what you just said about being visually conscious yeah you have to watch this thing well that's the thing about atonement right yeah atonement's amazing but that actually had a good story this one like is kind of uh not for everybody but the production value there's all these scenes the way it's like presented is that somebody will be talking with somebody else and will be slightly changing you don't notice it while they're talking, and then they walk into this next scene, and they're, like, in a whole new scene with new people. Yeah. Like, think, walls open up, like, they're walking outside when you don't realize that they're walking outside, and it's, like, uh, visually amazing. I don't know how that thing didn't get nominated for production design last year, or when it came out. Um, okay. But I, it's on it's on Netflix. Definitely watch it. It's, uh, it's visually visually pretty awesome and then what you just said I think you're gonna like it okay cool but uh Gary Oldman did a pretty good job you didn't even realize it was him yeah it was hard to like find him in there yeah so there's no doubt he gets nominated like he's he's probably the front runner to win right? probably um we'll go over it yeah we'll go over it but like yeah he's um he's looking pretty good cause he's pretty amazing in it yeah um and basically, the whole movie just centers around him. So there's like anybody else isn't really a strong enough character in because it's really only about his character the entire time. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I said when we got out of that, if you combine the two movies, it'd be like a great, it'd be a great movie. Yeah, even though it's completely different time periods and subject matters, but like, and you, then there was like a whole section on Dunkirk. Yeah. But we so, combined, we were saying we were going to combine Dunkirk with that movie. True. You just um, have a shot of Tom Hardy, like, flying. Like, because, I don't know, I didn't know anything about Dunkirk until this year. <laughs> now I know more about Dunkirk than I do about, like, D-Day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but it's good. And, um... 
it was visually like a black and white movie. There's yeah, not much true. color in it. That is true. And it was very, uh, very well shot. So we got us thinking, like, you know, everybody loves Gary Oldman. You know, um, or like, you know, people were just gave him a standing ovation when he came out. Yeah, that like, was it was aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So people love Gary Oldman, and we're just trying to think why do people love Gary Oldman? Like, what is and this will open us to the audience, so you let us know on our email that no one ever emails us on. That would be... We haven't checked in a while. Armchair Network. We might have like 15 emails right Armchair now. Network at gmail.com. Uh, like, what is the quintessential Gary Oldman? We're not going to give him the Jeff Goldblum yeah. treatment. No, but I think... Uh, well, my favorite Jeff... Or Jeff Goldblum. My Gary Oldman movie, uh, which I think is one... If we did a... Which we might, we should, maybe. Best movie of the 2000s. Oh. I think Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy is on that list. So I've never seen it. I actually was look when I was looking up Gary Oldman, I actually saw that they're making a follow-up or to this movie. Uh, and uh, But Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy, another movie that's on Netflix, I recommend. Better on the second viewing because they give you a lot of information. When you're watching it, uh, but would you say that's like so? So well, he was great in it. Okay, aside from your favorite, because my favorite Gary Oldman performance is probably in True Romance. Okay, even though he's only in it for like two minutes, but I fucking love that character, you know. And um, so he's, he's had some big roles in films like Harry wait, Potter. Wait, so like let's let's just start. We'll just go run through and just see if anything that, that that's in the running. Sid and Nancy. But you just didn't see it. Right. But it's still like a pretty, it was like a pretty well-known, you know, it's a big, big time story. It's the only telling of it that's been somewhat popularized. So, um, State of Grace. I love State of Grace. State of Grace is amazing. And that's the first thing I think of uh, when I think of Gary Oldman, but don't think that's what people think of him as. Yeah. Um... Then there's JFK, but like here's the thing: when he was when he played Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK, I already knew who. Lee, who um, it was such who, a small part, though. I already knew who Gary Oldman was. I was like, but I didn't. I don't know what else I knew him from, so I don't understand why that was. Anyway, but Dracula's probably might be the one where he gets most popular from. Um. What else? What else do you have? Scarlet Letter. Murder in the First. Oh, yeah. Mur- well, but Murder in the First is more of a two-man movie. Yeah. You know, he's more of a side character. He played the bad guy in Air Force One. That's probably... That's up there. My favorite... One of my other favorite performances is then The Contender. Okay. Uh, with Joan Allen, where she's, like, trying to become the vice president, and he's, like, all, all against it. He kind of plays the villain in the movie. Well, he did the villain pretty well. He did, you know, Scarlet Letter, right? Isn't he the villain in... Um, or no? I never saw that. Okay. Uh, Fifth Element. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Air Force One. Uh, is he the bad guy in Lost in Space? I don't know. He saw Lost in Space. I, I don't remember it. For some reason. Um, contender, he's a bad guy. Uh, but, yeah, then you start getting the Hamill, Harry Potter movies, the Batman movies, like... Where he's not the main character. Right. So, I don't know. 
And I'm not against people loving Gary Oldman because I think I love Gary Oldman. I just don't know why. Because (laughs) he's... And maybe it's because of this. Maybe it's because he's not defined by one character. There's like all these roles and we all have different favorite ones and stuff. Because the guy's always good. Yeah, the guy's solid for sure. So, I don't know. It's just an interesting... It was like an interesting thing to... um, kind of think about sitting there after after we watched the movie and everybody was like oh Gary Oldman and you're like yeah Gary Oldman <laughs> um, so alright so let's go through some of uh, some of our okay so here I've got the Hollywood Reporter and they're talking about because we were like what are the movies now that we're doing all these screenings that are going to be nominated for you know best picture and all this and best actor and stuff right um, a lot of them haven't come out yet to the mainstream public, but uh, through our our in depth knowledge of what yeah. we think we know, we can make predictions on this. So Hollywood Reporter <laughs> says the things that the movies that have been out that that have already been out are Dunkirk. Well, that's like a definite, right? Dunkirk's definite. Get Out. They have on here as a front. Everyone's going to see. I think Get Out definitely gets in just because of how. I think it's a screenplay. Okay, but I think it gets nominated because everybody, it's just so, to steal a phrase from the kids, it's so woke. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Steal a phrase from the kids. <laughs> but like, it is, it's so, like, it's like so part of what's going on now that, that like, the Academy, when they nominate that, are just going to be hitting, they're patting themselves on the back so yeah. hard for nominating it. I mean, it's still really good. We, like, loved it, but... Uh, I think they're going to love nominating it. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, the Big Sick is on here. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet still. So I can give you the I odds love, on these, uh, too. I love I, The Big Sick. So Dunkirk right now is 11 to 2. Um, Get Out is 16 to 1. The Big Sick is 28 to 1. Nope. To win. All right. So. And then uh, the uh, ones that haven't come out yet, Shape of the Water. That's at 9 to 1. Which um, looks very good. It's with uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. Where she... It's about like a sea monster. Right. Um, the Florida Project. Didn't we see... Uh, it was an article that I yeah. got that said William Defoe needs to start shine, getting ready to shine his Oscar. I don't even know what that's The Florida about. Project. I can tell you in a minute, but keep going. I think it's about like Disneyland or something. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um... Darkest Hour is on here. It could be. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is the one I want to watch. Yeah, that's what I was... Right. Uh, Lady Bird. Wait, hold on. Let me go back to what the odds are. Wait, uh, what was... Where was I? Um, Darkest Hour is 9 to 1, and Three Billboards is not on this list. So go ahead. Um, Lady Bird, which is supposedly excellent. That's what I wanted to see this weekend. It's uh, with... uh, it's Greta Gerwig's director directorial debut. Right, Sersha. Yeah, Ronan. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be very good. Um, I know a couple of people that worked on it, so I'm rooting for it. I know I'm rooting for it. I'm giving a shout out if they listen. I don't. Know. Some movie called Call Me by Your Name, which is getting well. Call some, Me by Your Name is fifteen to two. That's getting some heat. That's the 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 woman is supposed to win Best Actress for. I thought it was the actor. Well, we'll look into that in a second. Yeah. And we'll get- uh, Molly's Game. 
Uh, that's not on here on my. So those are the front runners. Major threats. I'll just do a quick downsizing. Battle of the sexes. Wait, hold on. Downsizing's at thirty-three to one. By the way, there's no way that movie's being nominated. I'm okay. sorry. I saw it. No way. We'll talk about it when it comes out. Okay. No way that movie gets gets nominated. I Tanya. Wait, what did you say before I Tanya? Battle of the sexes. I haven't seen that yet. Did you I, see that yet? I haven't seen it. I really want to see that. Okay. I really want to see that too. Uh, Mudbound, Wonderstruck, Wonder Woman, and War of the Planet of the Apes. Mudbound is twenty-two to one. That's the one with Mary J. Blige? Yeah. Okay. What was after that? Uh, Wonder Woman. No chance in hell that movie. That movie's not good. Can we just say that? I mean... It'll be nominated for, like, visual effects. And I don't mean it's not good. It's it's fine. It's just not Oscar good. Let's just... Come on, people. What, what would you say after that? War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see that, but I can't I, imagine... I haven't seen that yet. All right. So then, the best director. We got front runners. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Guillermo del Toro for Shape of the Water, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Joe Wright. Wait, hold on. Christopher Darkest. Nolan. Christopher Nolan's two to one. Guillermo del Toro is five to one. Who'd you say to that? Jordan Peele. Not on here. Joe Wright. Fourteen to one. And Sean Baker for the Florida Project. Nope, not on here either. They have Spielberg at seven to one, and the Call Me by Your Name guy nine to one. Oh, yeah. You know what? Um, the Spielberg movie, oh, still to come. Yeah. So Paul Thomas Anderson's movie hasn't is not on air. That was 16-1 to win Best Picture right now. All the Money in the World, which is not coming out. Um, was it, what's that? That's the one that they're reshooting with, with Kevin Spacey. But they said they're still going to get it out in December. How the hell are they going to do that? I have no clue. They're not doing that. So for those of you that don't know, this was a movie about... Uh, get uh, John Paul Getty, which they have, there's a TV show too. Okay, there's a TV show done by uh, a big director. Uh, it's escaping me right now, but uh, it's going to be a whole FX series about the same content. Okay, well, this guy anyway was played by Kevin Spacey, or he's at least, a, and he's not the lead, but he's uh, yeah, a it's with Michelle character. Williams and Mark Wahlberg, right? And basically. His grandson gets kidnapped, and they want ransom, and he doesn't want to pay it. Right. Because he doesn't really care about his family. So, um... And, he, and Kevin Spacey was supposed to be nominated. Well... Like, they were going to... And let's just him. say, if he's the villain of the movie, maybe maybe play that up. I don't know. I don't maybe. think anyone's going to see it. <laughs> I don't know. Just a suggestion. So they've decided to recast. This is, this is why I'm not producing movies because I'm like, hey, let's let it roll. Nobody likes this guy. Let's all go root against him. They're recasting the movie with Christopher Plummer, right? Which Ridley Scott has said that's the one he wanted all along, but the studio wouldn't allow him. Okay, they wanted a bigger name. Uh, and now he's getting his wish, which I, I, I have a feeling like that's all hogwash. But um, who knows? But. Um, and they're going to reshoot all of his scenes, which supposedly there's eight to ten scenes that he was in, and try to get the movie out on the same day. I don't. I don't I, think there's no happen. chance in hell, right? No. Okay. It's gonna I take, mean, it's except gonna, if the story's correct and everybody's away from him the whole time, it could be just him on the phone a lot. No, he has scenes with Michelle Williams. And, oh, okay. Yeah, they're shooting, reshooting a bunch of stuff. Um. So. I guess we have to put 
Phantom Thread and the Post into the possible Post is, uh, and then this go- Greatest Showman movie that Post is fifteen to two. The uh, Barnum and Bailey movie was supposed to be like a oh, that's a Hugh Jackman one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right, so Best Actor. So now this this is going to be a tough this this list isn't very right. All right, so the t- Best Front Runners, Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's a huge favorite. It says in this that they don't have the odds though. Timothy Chalmette from Call Me by Your Name. No. Denzel Washington, that Roman J. Israel okay. movie. Jake Gyllenhaal for Stronger. Yeah. Robert Pattinson for Good Time. Okay, I and, saw. Did I, you see Good Time? No. Yeah, we talked about it, but. Yeah. Uh, major threats are James Franco, Andrew Garfield, Jeremy Renner, which I saw Wind River. Oh, you did? Yeah. How is it? Very disappointing. Okay, I can't believe you, that you had expectations. I get that Taylor Sheridan is like good, but come on, that is supposed to be. Let's just say that you follow a movie's characters that are uh, trying to solve a murder, um, and at the end they don't solve it, but end up just getting into a gunfight. And then there's like this weird flashback because someone realized that hey, we don't really solve this this rape and murder. So we need to put something in here that shows that they did it because I don't know. It's it's really weird. The ending's just bizarre to me. It becomes this like shootout. It's, just, it's stupid. But anyway, uh, still to come: Daniel Day Lewis. He'll probably be nominated. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Tom Hanks. Um, the paper. The post. Post. Which is about the paper. Hey, in paper. case you guys didn't know, Huge Jason's actor. really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's kind of good. <laughs> All right, so best actress. I got to get you your gala. We got to finish this up. Yeah. Sally Hawkins. Yeah, she's the, that's the, that's what I'm saying. She's supposed to be like the hands down favorite for the Shape of the Water. All right. At thirteen to five. Okay. Jessica Chastain. Uh, let's see. She's not even listed on mine. All right. Frances McDormand. She's three billboards. What is she at? She is. Uh, yeah, they don't have hers. Okay. Saoirse Ronan. For Lady Bird. Not on here. Margot Robbie. No, I can't Hansen. imagine that happens. Can you? I don't know. It's a biopic on Tanya Harding. But it's supposed to be... I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm interested. I, you saw the trailer. It's going to be fun. Does that look like an Oscar movie? I don't know. They're trying to make it one. Okay. The other people involved are either Kate Winslet for Wonder Wheel, uh, Emma Stone, Battle of the Sexes, Diane Kruger, which is in this German movie that I heard is pretty good. Jennifer Lawrence for Mother. Well, be, yeah, I, she's come up on a couple things I got. And then Meryl Streep. She, she's at five to one. And Vicky Cripps from Phantom Thread. Um, and then we can do Best Supporting Actor real quick. Sure. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that guy's supposed to be a heavy favorite, right? Willem Dafoe, according to your article. Okay. Army Army Hammer, call me by your name. Michael Stahlberg, call me by your name. Mark Rylance, Dunkirk. Why do they love that guy so? They much? love that guy. He was good in it though. Yeah, he was alright. Steve Carell, uh, Battle of the Sex is a major threat. These are major threats. Um, still to come, Bob Odenkirk. Um, Steve Carell, Ray Romano, which Ray Romano should be nominated. Just because you like Ray Romano? Yeah. 
Jim Belushi, Wonder Wheel, Richard Jenkins, Shape of the Water, Michael Shannon, Shape of the Water. People like the Shape of the Water. Yeah. Front runners for Best Supporting Actress, and then we'll we'll just do these. Allison Janney for I, Tanya. Lauren Metcalf for Lady Bird. Holly Hunter for Big Sick. Bree something for Florida Project. Julianne Moore for Wonderstruck. What do you think of Wonderstruck? I don't even know what that's about. Oh, it's Carrie Fisher, they're saying, is on air for Best Supporting Actress for The Last Jedi. You think she gets one? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's, that's been kicked around as something to look into. Um, I don't know what figure. Wonderstruck is. Uh, I read a synopsis and it didn't interest me. Um, so, but I'm also feel like I've been duped by the Julianne Moore independent movie before where I've gone to see the movie where she's like really good in it, but I don't care about the movie and like they spend all their money on her and the rest of the movie like sucks, but she's like an awesome actress. Alice. Yeah. Being Alice or whatever. Yeah. Like Alice doesn't live here or whatever that movie was. What was that movie? Alice doesn't live here. It was the Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, um. Still Alice. Still Alice, yeah. yeah. Like. Something with Alice. It's not a good movie. She's really good in it. It's not a good movie. Well, that's all I get. Um, all right, well. Going to your gala? Yeah, you're. <laughs> we'll talk about the gala next week, I guess. We'll see if you're still here. Uh, oh, you know who did Wonderstruck? Todd Haynes. That's the guy that did. Um, Bunch of movies I also don't care about. I forget. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's on par with my theory of Julian. Anyway, um, all right. Well, uh, have fun at your thing. Thanks, buddy. And we'll talk about uh, after I see it. We'll talk about it. Wait. Oh wait, wait a second. What? Is Blade Runner going to get nominated for anything? Oh, he'll be nominated for. Uh... Oh yeah, you know what? That director will probably get nominated, right? He wasn't on this list. Yeah, I mean, he might have been in your. You kind of, like, flew through, like, front-runner. And how is, like, Detroit? Isn't Detroit? Oh, we didn't talk about directors. Well, that explains... Detroit's not, uh... We did talk about directors. Detroit's not getting nominated for anything. Okay. They're trying to, like, kick it back out. Um, how about this Breathe movie? God, I hope that thing looks... I don't know. Uh, What's-His-Face directed it? Um... Uh, not sort the guy Andy Circus, the yeah, guy who Andy played Serkis. like Gollum, yeah, who also directed a uh, Jungle Book movie that tried to come out at the same time as the other Jungle Book movie. Really, and they shelved it. It's on hold. So they both had the rights. They yeah, yeah. Wow. So they made two Jungle Book movies at the same time, and. John Favreau's one came out, blew up, and so the other one was supposed to come out like six months later, and they were like, well, we can't release it in the same year, so they shelved it, and now it's just sitting on the, uh, it's supposedly darker. Have you seen the trailer for it? No, it hasn't. They haven't released it. Oh, okay. I'm... But it's done. The movie's hmm. done. That's probably an expensive shelving. Yeah, it's, I think it costs them a good, good amount of money. So that Wonder Wheel movie you're talking about, that's Woody Allen. Yeah, Woody yeah, Allen. So that's not getting nominated for anything. Not right now. You know? Everyone's too upset about shit. What do you think of Last Flag Flying? I 
I'm interested, but I, isn't it a sequel to something? Last Detail? It's like yeah, a, you're right. I haven't seen The Last I Detail. I don't even know what that is. It's like an old movie. So I don't know. I have to watch that first. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just looking through last... What about Mayorowitz stories? Does that get nominated for anything? No. Where's Adam... Uh, we didn't talk about Adam Sandler here. Let's see. It'd be what? Best Actor? Best Supporting Actor. I thought Hoffman would get the Best Supporting Actor. Mm. Well, this is what happens when you fly through things and you don't give it well, some time. I understand. Adam Sandler is a possibility, it says here. Which? Actor or Supporting Actor? Actor. Yeah, that's what I thought. Along with Andy Serkis... Kamal Nanjani, Harry Dean Stanton for Lucky, and uh, Richard Gere, who should never be nominated. <laughs> hey, uh, you know a movie I did see that's in this? he talks the, like this. The Beguiled. I, haven't, I don't like That's Sophia Coppola. Yeah, you don't like her, do you? It's pretty good. You saw the movie? I saw it on the plane. That's a perfect plane movie. Because if you fall asleep, you're not really missing anything. And it, it could put you to sleep. I feel like it does put people to sleep. You might. All right. All right. But I still liked it a little bit. All right. All right. Go to your gal. Lady. Right. 